Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Dale Walker. I want to welcome you to our leadership podcast. We are looking at how to become leaders that lead like Jesus. I'm excited to have you listening. If you want the notes on this, you can get them at dalewalker.life. There's also a lot of other resources to help you grow in your leadership. Share this with someone if you are blessed. I know you will be. God bless you. Well, hello, friends. Pastor Dale here. So thankful that you're joining for the podcast today. And and I'm excited to share this word with you. I just want to put it out there. Uh, Some of you uh, may or may not know that we have a Heart for the World School of Missions and Ministry. And we're right now getting ready to plan our January uh, schedule. And I'm going to be teaching on how to build a church from the bottom up and this is actually some a course that you can take uh, through zoom and so forth as well as live but what I'm so excited about God has put a vision and maybe some of the of you this applies I believe that part of my life calling is to see other congregations be raised up and I have a passion to see uh, teams of people we've sent teams to Atlanta to Africa, who've planted churches. And it's just uh, the call of my life right now. And I just want to throw that out. Maybe some of you in your heart have been called to be a part of a, of a church planting team, a campus team, called to take a group of people or go with a group of people. I just love it when God plants one of these kingdom families. These things uh, called the church last for generations, bring people to Christ. And so I would really encourage you, if that's something that you think might be in your DNA, uh, consider being a part of that class. Let me know because I'm going to be teaching all the fundamentals of raising a church up from the foundations. Today I want to talk about uh, leading through honor. And this is, this is a passion of mine, especially because right now, we're living in a culture where there is so much dishonor. And as I've said, leadership is always about uh, operating in an opposite spirit of this world and the spirit of God. Um, the idea of honor is that great leaders don't act and treat others like they are the big cheese. Great leaders treat others uh, as if the other people are most important. I think that Jesus taught this when he talked about servant leadership. He says, you know, there in, in Mark 10, he talks about, you know how the Gentiles lord it over people? Uh, when you're around a, a leader who's ego-based, it's always all about them. But that's not the way it is with kingdom leadership. Uh, he says, no, you are not called to intimidate. You are called to empower. You are called to make others feel more important and stronger I believe this is a core of a great leader. He's or she is able to help people uh, grow in their esteem and confidence. Um, Great leaders not only do this with individuals, but they create a culture of honor. I believe great organizations all have some kind of a code of honor, uh, a set of covenant behaviors that the team all adheres to that allows the highest level of respect and esteem among the members of the team. And I'm gonna come back to that at the end. But first of all, what is honor? Uh, It is the esteem and value we show others 
that represents what we would most want to receive from others. You know, Jesus gave us that great commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, provide for others what you would want others to provide for you. Uh, help others feel what you would want others to help you feel. Walk in other people's shoes and, and honor them. Um, this is so huge. In fact, probably as a leader, the way that you gain influence, the best kind of influence, is that you spur other people to want to honor you. Why? Because of how you honored them. Andy Stanley said this. I thought it was great. He says, when you honor someone publicly, you take a step to earning their respect privately. And, and having people's respect and trust gives you influence. We said it over and over. People will forget what you said and did, but they will never forget the way you make them feel. Now, what is honor? Number one, honor is a gift. <laughs> and again, respect is something we earn, uh, but honor is something that we give. Uh, honor, the Bible says, for example, honor the king, honor those in authority. And when Peter wrote that, uh, Nero <laughs> was in authority in the Roman Empire. He sure didn't deserve honor. And yet honor is not something that you earn. It's something that we give people uh, because they're made in the image of God. Number two, honor is not denying that people have faults. Honor is choosing to focus on whatever percentage there is in that person or their behavior that is honorable. Um, someone called it a 1% uh, principle. You know, honor the 1% you can agree with and rather than criticizing the 99% you disagree with. But find that 1%. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul talks about that when it comes to the way we think. And certainly this applies to the way we think about people. And, and you remember that. He says, finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is praiseworthy, uh, whatever is of good report, if there's, there's anything that's, that's worthy of praise. Think about these things. In other words, focus in on, on that which can be lifted up and encouraged. Why? Because as you do that, you empower that part of a person to come to the forefront and give them power to grow and change. Um, honor, number three, is not flattery. Uh, you know, flattery is telling people things in order to get something. Honor is giving something to people so that a build of truth, a bridge of truth can grow between you and those people. You know, if you flatter people, they won't feel honored after a while. They'll, they'll feel like, yeah, patronized. Oh, they're just saying that. For whatever reason, honor always comes from the heart. And honor, when it's at its highest form, uh, includes honesty, even about things that maybe we would disagree with. Uh, I, I love the picture of honor of just recently, you know, when Judge Ginsburg passed away, there was a lot of discussion 
about how amazing that uh, our Supreme Court Justices Scalia and Ginsburg were close friends, even though they were at the opposite ends of the of the political spectrum, liberal and conservative, and and yet they honored each other. And uh, I love what uh, Judge Scalia said once. Someone asked, "Well, uh, why do you so?" honor and get along with Judge Ginsburg. And, and he said something to the effect, well, well, what is there not to like about her besides every point of view she has about the Constitution? You know, but it was the idea of, uh, no, I, I see beyond her stand. I see her person. And wow, don't we need more of that in our world today? Um, honor is so powerful, especially when it's given towards people we disagree with. It breaks down wall, and as I'll say in a minute, it builds bridges that are the key to healing, reconciliation in a broken world. Why is it so important? I believe that it validates the deepest need of a human being. Those we work with, whether it's our employees, whether it's our boss, whether it's our family, if you really want to know uh, the core uh, of their emotional being, it is they're born with a desire to be validated, appreciated, and honored. Someone said this, and I always loved it. They said, uh, if, if you walk around in the world and if you could see these letters emblazoned on the foreheads of every person you meet, uh, you would be a relational genius. And uh, those letters are PMFI, PMFI, meaning uh, an acronym, please make me feel important. It's incredible whether you're talking to, uh, to a famous leader, whether you're talking to someone on the streets, a child, they all resonate with people who honor and want to see what's important. It is honor that establishes trust. It is the idea that you won't uh, shame or expose or in some way violate my trust. Um, one of the pictures of honors and one of the meaning of honors is that it covers, you know, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. In the Old Testament, the story of Noah, there's that interesting story where Noah got drunk and one of his sons, Ham, you know, kind of mocked him in his nakedness because he was in the tent without any clothes on. But the other brother, Ham, and uh, the other brother, Japheth and Shem, walked in backwards and covered Noah's nakedness. And, and that just pictures the attitude of honor. Uh, I'm going to cover. Uh, I'm going to uh, try to help cast you in the best light. And when you know someone really is out to cover your nakedness and, and cast you in the best light. It builds a relationship of trust. As I mentioned, and let me repeat, honor is the key to building bridges of reconciliation in a divided world. Um, recently, I did a sermon series uh, based a lot on the book by Miles McPherson. It talked about uh, hope for a racially divided world and of course miles mcpherson's a pastor ex-nfl football player a black american who 
has such a multicultural congregation and and really is at the forefront of addressing what's going on in our country when it comes to racial injustice and and trying to bring healing and and he in his whole book he, he lays this out and he says at the heart of of healing the racial injustice is learning how to give the gift of honor uh, how to love others as you would want to be loved and treated uh, the the idea of racism he says is racism is fueled by what he calls assumptions of dishonor assumptions that label people that stereotype people or that minimize people oh you're one of those kind of people or you're like this assuming things about people rather than valuing them as individuals right now that is the spirit of our age uh, this whole idea of dishonor uh, that, that is so prevalent coming out politically in the way uh, politicians are, are just trashing each other, insulting, stereotyping, and labeling. And what he is saying in there is that healing in our country begins, breakthrough in our country comes as we switch our assumptions of dishonor, oh, they're like that, those people, uh, to assumptions of honor. Uh, I'm gonna believe the best about them. I'm gonna find common ground with them. I'm gonna feel their pain and understand where they're coming from. I'm gonna look at people, and I love this idea of humility. Every person knows something that I don't know. I may know a whole lot in most of these areas and they don't know, but, but they know something I don't know. And if I'm humble enough, I can learn from anyone. That's, that's honoring. One of the stories I told in a sermon was the story of Abigail. And you remember that uh, Abigail was married to uh, this, this terrible guy named Nabal. His name means fool, and I've always wondered why did his parents uh, name their son fool? Hey, fool! But anyhow, he was so ungrateful towards David after David had protected his flock, and he utterly shamed and humiliated uh, David's men. And David was going to get revenge, but Nabal had an incredible wife, Abigail, and she, in the most humble way, she she takes a great deal of food and supplies and she meets David and, and gets off of her, her horse. She kneels, she, she takes a posture and a tone. She affirms uh, the very best parts of David. And as a result, David is able to hear uh, sound reasoning in God's will and, and does not uh, take his revenge. Uh, very shortly after that, Nabal actually dies and and uh, I've, I've said in the story, this is one of the most remarkable stories. What started to be a murder ends up being a marriage because uh, David ends up taking Abigail as his queen. But that's just the power of honor. It, it, it is honor that Jesus would use to awaken the hearts of broken people. It, it was so beautiful how Jesus came and modeled over and over honor for those who are the most outcast in society, the sinners, the, uh, the Samaritans, the uh, prostitutes, the drunkards. And yet Jesus would go to them 
not condoning their sin, but honoring them as people made in the image of God. A woman caught in adultery and, and he honors her, covers for her and, and says he is without sin. Zacchaeus, the tax collector crook, and yet he goes and has dinner with him. And we see over and over the, the transformation of lives because Jesus chose this pathway of honor. And he's called the church. I mean, the, the book of Luke has this as the theme because he wants his church to know if you want to change society, honor those who the world finds least honorable. Uh, I love what uh, Mother Teresa would say that worship was finding those who are least among you and treating them like Jesus. Uh, Jesus would say that, what you've done to the least of these. When you give the gift of honor, you do it. It's for me. And, and where this happened, it, it, it does something in a church, in a family, and it's, it's so huge. I remember a story of visiting Jackie Pullinger as a missionary in Hong Kong among the, the addicts there, the heroin addicts, and just spent a few days at her place, and I brought a special offering and wanted to bless them, to give them. I said, what's your favorite dinner? And they said, wow, it's, it's uh, barbecue chicken. They love to have a chicken barbecue, you know, cook it out on some charcoal. So I gave them this offering and, and I got ready for the dinner that night. When I came, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The, the, the place was just filled with people off the streets. And I'm telling you, these were the most marginalized of society. And I said, who are these people? And, and they said, well, Jesus said, when you throw a feast, honor the, you know, go to the highways and byways. And man, did I see God's spirit come on those people because of her desire uh, to show this gift of honor. I know it has changed my life. I've told the story of a seventh grade teacher when I was in trouble all the time who called me aside and said, Dale, I know who you are. You're a leader, and, and you may be misdirected right now, but you're going to do incredible things. And it just, it just shifted uh, my heart. And, and that's why I just love having honor as the leading attribute of your leadership. Uh, a fourth thing is honor is the way we not only lead others behind us, but it's the way we lead those in front of us, as some call it leading up. Leading, most of us may not be the top person in our company or our position and yet we we have influence and we can lead people and uh and it's huge because healthy organizations are not top-down run they're not we're here and and you know everybody else falls in line but they're teams where where people in the trenches on the front lines who are most familiar with the problems can easily and freely communicate up as well as uh, laterally or behind them and what a powerful organization when when we're able to speak to power as it were in the most beautiful way well the key to that is honor and i've seen this over and over that it is it is so beautiful that when we come with enough respect people will want to listen to us we will get uh, their ear and the Lord says a lot about this. One, he, he talks about, he says, you know, when you honor someone, for example, he says, if you honor a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. We see that when Elisha honored Elijah. 
so many places the culture is all about you know dog eat dog and the crab that's got to pull all the other crabs down out of the bucket and everyone is looking for for number one but when you create a culture where people really want to honor the best for others when you have workers who really value the vision of their leaders who say man i love this vision and i love what you're doing and and as one person said, my dream is to make your dream come true. That creates such a bond and that person over you then wants to lift you up. On the other hand, when we're, when we're just focused on us, we, we actually hinder God using us as he could use us. Luke 16, 12 says, he says, and if you are not trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own. In other words, if you aren't a good follower, don't expect to be a blessed leader. But if you're someone who's always trying to lift that person in the up the ladder ahead of you, you're just trying to push them up instead of pull them down, God's going to raise you up higher and higher. A huge way this happens both ways, up or down, is through appreciation. And here we are at Thanksgiving time, and I can't I can't emphasize enough, if you really want to honor, if you want to honor your family, if you want to honor your husband, if you want to honor your parents, and so that it goes well with you, the Bible says, if you want to honor uh, your children, whoever it is, appreciation is a key word. Uh, truly taking the time, you know, all the studies show that most organizations, the employees, feel like they could use more appreciation. They could use more acknowledgement of their hard work. You cannot over-appreciate people. Uh, when what gets noticed gets multiplied and gets repeated. And so this gift of thanksgiving, oh my, what a powerful way to just stop and say, I want to thank you for something. You came in with a good attitude. It made my burden lighter. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. You know, uh, thankfulness creates honorfulness. When you go home to your family, you know there's a lot of things you could complain about. You know there's a lot of things you could criticize. But if you really want the blessing of your family, find those things to be grateful for. Uh, someone said, make it a six to one ratio. At least six positives for every corrective or every complaint. How do we lead with this kind of honor? How do we create a culture of honor? I believe it starts within ourselves. It starts with true humility. And humility, as someone said, is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. And the reason you think of yourself less is because you know your value and worth to God. What, what you, to become a person of honor, you have to know that you are honored by the most important person in the universe. I love how David would say, who am I, you know, Psalm 8, that you are mindful of me. You know, you're the creator, and yet you have chosen me. Wow. See, that both takes out our pride, but it also raises our esteem in an incredible way because we are friends of God. And, and unless you can honor yourself, you can't honor others. If you disrespect yourself, you won't 
effectively respect others. And so just begin by saying, Lord, thank you that I can honor myself. I can love myself in a way that lets me love my neighbor in a better way because I am loved by you. I have intrinsic worth. You died on the cross for me. The more you internalize your value and worth to God, the more you'll be able to honor others. Now here is an important point. Starting with that, don't get sidetracked seeking the honor of, of man. Um, though we are to live to honor others, we should not live to seek the honor of people for ourselves. John 5.41 says, do not seek the honor that comes from man. Seek the honor that comes from God. You know, what does that mean? The moment we get into a, a sort of a, an entitlement mindset that says, well, why aren't you guys paying attention to me? Nobody appreciates me. You know, the old, the old adage, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, guess I'll go eat worms, you know, that whole thing. Uh, if you take that attitude and you're looking for people's approval, you will stop honoring yourself and you'll stop honoring others. I love what John Wimber, one of my mentors said, what he did when people did praise him or appreciate him, he would always say, well, thank you for the encouragement. I'm gonna take the encouragement, but I'm gonna give all the honor and all the glory to God. I'm not even gonna receive the, the honor. I'm gonna pass that on to God, but thank you for the encouragement. This, this mindset continually sees that I'm of incredible worth and yet I don't deserve or I am not entitled to anything. All that I have is a gift from God. I am blessed so much more than I should be. If, if, if I get criticized, my response would be, well, I should probably be criticized. You know, someone said this way, um, you know, I, I, they were criticized and they say, well, well, I can honestly agree that I deserve to be much more criticized than that. Thank you very much. But at the same time, I am so graciously loved. And then take time as a part of your schedule to consider who you should honor and be grateful to. The Bible says, consider others, how you might provoke them to love and good works. In other words, you need to have a gratitude time in your schedule as a leader. There has to be some time, at least a weekly basis, where you you start, and I try to do that in my Monday prayer time. Who do I need to thank this week? Who, who made the service work Sunday? Who, you know, who did something extra? Now, I believe that the best use of social media and anything else, texting, is to thank people and to honor them. Uh, I love how David, you know, he spent a whole lot of time thinking. And after his friend Jonathan died, he just kept thinking, how can I honor my friend who did so much for me and and he remembered that he had a son named Mephibosheth and who was uh, unable to walk and he he brought him into the palace and it was just a statement I figured out a way to honor my your father Jonathan by honoring you just a huge example of leadership uh, that comes by finding ways to honor those thinking of all of those who've gone before you thinking of those who make you better than you are and going the extra mile. And then finally, as I mentioned, create a code of honor 
not only personally, but for your family and for your organization, whatever it is that you're involved in, I would just love to encourage you to have this discussion. What is our code of honor in our marriage? You know, what is the stuff we will continuously do and stuff that we will never do? Um, and, and you can come up with your own code of honor, but those things that are, that are, that are understood and, de and defined, they begin to become shared. And that's what becomes so powerful in an organization when there is a shared agreement about a code of honor and a way of behavior that we're all promised ourselves to. Let me just give you some things that, that I've articulated in our own culture that I think are so important. Uh, we will only speak about each other in a way that we would speak to each other. You know, there's, we're not gonna, we're not gonna flatter and then behind people's back, you know, say something else. Unforgiveness is not an option. We always take our offenses to the cross. This is not gonna be a culture that gets polluted by unforgiveness. Uh, we will ban all hostile, negative, <laughs> uh, demeaning, critical, cutting, harsh words. You know, the first thing you do if you want a culture of honor is you, 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 you come in advance and delete all the things that you cannot and will not say to other human beings. Uh, this will not happen. You just have to, you delete those. And boy, when you let them slip, you humbly, immediately, quickly apologize. We will notice and show true gratitude for others' work and effort. We will give others the right to disagree and respect their opinion. Even if we totally disagree with it, we will only have good disagreements, not bad disagreements. That takes some culture work. We will keep confidence. Stories entrusted to us are the person's story to tell. We won't tell their story. We will go directly to each other if offended. We will not make judgments until we have heard their side of the story. We will have each other's back. We will be there to share each other's load. We will soak our relationships in prayer for the greatest honor we can give is the honor of praying and bringing God's presence. We will see the best, speak the best, and work for the best in our relationships with one another. You can add so many different ways, but just an idea. So I would just encourage you as you Think and process this lesson. Come up with three or five ways to honor your family this week and, and then go from there. Identify what you might look into yourself and say, this is how I get tempted to show dishonor and, and ask God to help you with that. Really develop a code of honor and discuss that with those that you work with, how you might come in agreement. Lord bless each one. Thank you so much for our time together as we live honor, show honor, and bring your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pastor Dale's Leadership Podcast. It is our hope that you have been inspired in a great way. We encourage you to stay tuned for future content. May God bless you richly.